The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Please flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Cornballs get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Jake From. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at From Jake. Check out puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Jake, we're recording this late on a Monday for many reasons that we will get into, but the timing probably could not be better because a lot of news broke this afternoon. We have tons to get into. How are you, brother? Dude, doing great. Fresh off a tie on Sunday. Yeah. Watch the dogs beat up on the Tigers on Saturday. Yes. And I've been working my tail off all day on schoolwork today because it is finals week. We're on the bye. Thank God. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Thank God that those two things timed up. Obviously, you want to step away and take a break, but it's allowed me to finish my degree this week. So trying to get Okay, so you're graduating this week. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, yes, finishing up. Granted. Okay, okay. Excellent. Okay, I did not know this. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, Washington Commanders tied with the New York Giants, a huge divisional game in the NFC East, which is the best division in the entire league right now. Yep. 20 to 20. Went all the way through overtime. Graham Gano, New York Giants, left a 58-yarder short. It was right down the barrel, but it didn't have enough distance. Have you ever tied a football game before, Jake Fromm? Never tied a football game. So weird. After the game, really? both teams, yeah, both teams, you know, go and dap each other up and kind of meet in the middle. And just the feeling and the vibe from both sidelines was like both teams lost. Yeah. Uh, so super weird, kind of eerie-ish feeling. Uh, just can't believe they they let that happen uh, in the NFL. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to make this about me, uh, but I have tied a football game before, and it was the 5A state championship in 2006, almost to the day. I'd have to check the actual date of when the game was because the Georgia High School State Championships are this upcoming weekend. Uh, 2006, that's 16 years ago, if my math is right. We tied Roswell 14-14 to in the state championship game. 
Um, I missed two field goals. I also made two field goals. So you got to give me a little bit of credit. You would have won <laughs> with me. You would have lost without me. We ended up tying. Um, but nobody knew what to do after the game. Um, end of your high school career. Both teams got trophies. Both teams got rings, Jake. What? Um, yep. And two classifications tied that year. I believe 3A tied and 5A tied. They changed the rule after that year. So now you go into overtime if you're in the state championship at the Georgia High School State Football Championship. So I'm sure you could look that up on YouTube or something. We beat Warner Robins in the Dome in the um, semifinals, though. So I had tied a football game. That is so bizarre to me. That is almost participation trophy style stuff right there. Come on now. Come Uh, on Almost. Almost. Yeah. Almost. But uh, we we beat... Stevenson, Hamble, who is a powerhouse, Wheeler, Warner Robbins, and we were just little mighty Peachtree Ridge in our fourth year ever. And man, I thought we were going to win it all if we went into overtime. I think Roswell had like 25 total yards in the second half, but Crazy. the glory days, dude. The glory That's it. That's it. High school football. If you want to make the glory days for yourself or for your significant other, you got to check out Solomon Brothers. You have to head into Solomon Brothers. People, it is December. The holiday season is here. If you've got big plans or if you want to make this holiday season the most special of all, head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. They have two amazing locations. One is in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other is in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. Solomon Brothers has the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast, and the store is for anyone with any budget. And if you go into the store and mention the Punt and Pass podcast or mention myself or mention Jake Fromm, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. If you did enter into the Solomon Brothers $1,000 gift card giveaway, they're giving two of them out. We will be announcing those winners on our social media later on this week. All you had to do was follow Solomon Brothers on Instagram at Solomon Brothers and subscribe to the Punt and Pass YouTube channels. Stay tuned. They might have some more opportunities to win some awesome prizes in the month of December. We appreciate our awesome partners at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. They carry the biggest selection. They have the best quality and the lowest prices. And this in-store experience, people, it is the best. At Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Let's talk about some college football. Some news broke earlier, Jake. This will be first down. Stetson Bennett is a Heisman finalist. Um, A lot to break down here, but simply put, what he has accomplished over the past two years, this year 13-0, undefeated SEC champion, played his best ball against the toughest opponents. He makes his way up to New York City as a Heisman Trophy finalist coming up this weekend, Georgia's first since 1992 when Garrison Hurst was a finalist. Huge shout-out to Stetson Bennett. And really, this is a testament to the entire football team at the University of Georgia. Yeah, a huge shout-out to him, huge accomplishment. Uh, great for him, great for the university. Uh, like you mentioned, it's it's kind of – uh, a big thank you to everybody involved. I'm sure Stead will will give thanks where it's deserved, you know, from the offensive line to the skill guys, to the backs. I mean, just the, the coaching staff and everybody involved. It's kind of a testament to everybody's work being put in, uh, defense included. Um, this is awesome. And uh, just harping on Stetson here, uh, Stetson has played his best ball against the big time games, against yeah. the best opponents. Uh, you know, uh, what he did Saturday night 
four touchdowns, threw for 275-ish yards. Uh, he's playing great ball when it's needed most, and they're winning football games, 13-0, and everything they want to accomplish is right there in front of them. So that's awesome. Good to see. Awesome. Love it. Go dogs. Yeah, it, it really is uh, awesome. There's really no other way to describe yeah. it. The other finalists are Caleb Williams from USC, obviously. Max Duggan, the quarterback from TCU there in the college football playoff. And C.J. Stroud, the quarterback at Ohio State, who is in the college football playoff, who will be going up against Stetson Bennett in the Peach Bowl for the college football playoff. We'll be getting into the college football playoff here in just a second. But this news just broke, so we wanted to dive into it. I thought there was an awesome tweet by Ben Dukes at Ben Dukes on Twitter, and he broke down the statistics against AP top 25 teams just this year between Stetson and the other finalists and Hendon Hooker. Okay, Hendon Hooker, quarterback at Tennessee. Look, full disclosure, Hendon Hooker should have been a Heisman finalist. Yeah, I think he was the Heisman front runner before his injury. Obviously, the South Carolina loss was not on him. He tore his ACL in that game. I think the perfect storm of him getting hurt, South Carolina blowing Tennessee out, um, them being out of the college football playoff conversation, but then also Stetson's performance Saturday night in the SEC championship game, more so in the first half. Georgia runs the table. Georgia then gets matched up against Ohio State, which I think was the ultimate decision maker. ESPN is going to milk that Heisman Trophy for everything. It's just going to be one huge love fest between Georgia and Ohio State setting up their big 8 p.m. tilt on New Year's Eve in the college football playoff. Like, that's what this is. Did Stetson deserve it? Yes, absolutely. Going back to these statistics, he's the only one that's undefeated. He's the only one that's won his conference championship. 73% completion percentage against the top 25 Which is unbelievable, by the way. 13 touchdowns to just two interceptions. He had four rushing touchdowns as well and a QBR of over 185. That blows away all of the other statistics by all these other very worthy Heisman Trophy candidates and finalists. So Stetson, it's unbelievable. Will he win it? Um, Unfortunately, probably not. Should Hendon Hooker have been a finalist? Yes, absolutely. He should have been. His play constituted an invite. Uh, But, Jake, things happen for a reason, and timing is one of the most important factors in in who gets invited. And Stetson, for all intents and purposes, was sitting really pretty heading into the decision tonight to invite the finalists up to New York City. Yeah, uh, super cool for him. I do hate it for Hendon Hooker because I think he should have at least gotten an invite there because, in my opinion, it was his to lose kind of moving forward. Um, But – yeah, I hate it. Hate it for him. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I would guess Caleb Williams wins. Um, I, I think so. He, he would have solidified it if obviously they would have won this past weekend. Uh, but he also played lights out too during that game. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's his. Yeah, you, you got to think if he would have won that game. Um, they, they would be in the college football playoff. Yeah, it would be all four of the quarterbacks in the college football playoff who were invited to New York. Um, but obviously USC is not in the college football playoff. Speaking of the college football playoff, this will be like um, the se- we'll go to second down for the college football playoff. It's set. We know exactly who's playing. Number one, Georgia is taking on number four, Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. That game kicks off at 8 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Number two, Michigan is playing number three, 
TCU. That game is at 4 p.m., I believe, the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so those are your top four. Did they get it right? First out was Alabama at number five. Tennessee was at number six. I still don't get that. You and I were texting in disagreement on that <laughs> over the weekend. But did they get it right? We always say there's so much to talk about, but ultimately the top four usually is what it should be. What are your thoughts heading into this season's college football playoff? Very curious to see because uh, the last couple years, number one has beat up on four pretty pretty strongly. Um, and then you got to talk about TCU losing that game and not losing their spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that more because they didn't want to see a Michigan-Ohio State rematch again so close together? Um, and then also I have to throw this question out. If TCU and Alabama played this weekend on mm-hmm. a neutral site, who's winning that football game? Yeah, you know, the hypotheticals are awesome. You're right. I mean, obviously Alabama would be favored. Obviously people would be quick to say that TCU couldn't hold a candle against the Crimson Tide. Uh, But TCU lost in overtime, right? You and I talked about Mm -hmm. it last weekend. It will depend on how they lose the game. They were down 21 to 10 in the third quarter. They came storming back. They tied it up at 28 heading into overtime. Uh, They trade some missed opportunities. Kansas State ultimately wins the game 31 to 28. Based on the fashion in which they lost, knowing that they were undefeated heading into that game, knowing that they played the extra game because they earned the right to compete for a conference championship, People were quick to say as soon as that game was over, TCU is in. Um, Obviously, when USC had lost Friday night, they were out. USC got blown out by Utah. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, I told you last week, watch out for USC's defense. It is suspect. I certainly didn't think they'd get blown out by 20-plus points. But Nick Saban made the rounds, as he always does when Alabama is on the outs. And he yes. was on Fox. He was on ESPN. I mean, he Jake, was on. He, he was politicking hard. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just about to say that. I mean, I'm trying to watch the next couple games that are on, and there's Nick Saban all over oh the screen. Of, mean, course what, is, 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 of course are, he is. Of course, are they going to do that with any other coach? No, there's only two schools that get this preferential treatment. Alabama and Ohio State. State. That's it. Those are the only two teams that have ever done it. When you guys lost in 2018, what was the reason why you didn't get into the college football playoff? It was because he had two losses. And Nick Saban voted you guys number five, and he said it's because they have two losses. (laughs) You got penalized for playing in a conference championship game. Now, what's funny to me is that Saban was on TV making the rounds, politicking by saying what you just said. Hey, if you're thinking about does a team deserve to be into the college football playoff, and if you pair them up with Alabama, he said, quote, what would Vegas say? Who would be favored in the game? That was his talking point. Let me remind you of this. Alabama a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Tennessee, loser, and Alabama, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite against LSU, loser, okay? You lost two games that you were favored in this season, so that talking point is completely moot. I, I could not believe what I was looking at. I was like, Coach Saban, dude, what? That I mean, that kind of jargon belongs right here on the yeah. Pass podcast, not from the head coach of Alabama football. That's podcast talk, you yeah, know. That's crazy. That's not going on national television, <laughs> representing the entire state of Alabama. 
talk right there. Unbelievable. So Alabama left on the outs, you know, again, Tennessee, like, I, I don't know. I, I found myself like rooting for Tennessee in this spot because they got the short end of the stick. They Were did. they going to get in? No, it sucks. Hendon hooker got hurt. It sucks that they got blown out so bad against South Carolina. And that was the factor that people were like, no, they just don't deserve to be in. Um, but young, maybe call them growing pains, finishing out a season. I still think they should have been right. Number five, they beat Alabama people. What are we even talking about? You disagree with that though, Jake. Uh, I just, I, you yes, said they, Hooker got hurt. You're like Hooker got hurt. They're not the same team. Yes, they they beat Alabama. Yes, but also the guy driving the boat was Hendon Hooker, and he's unavailable for the rest of the season. Uh, I am curious though to see how Tennessee f- finishes, and to me that will kind of leave their mark on their season, and then also gain some momentum going into next season, uh, the recruiting trail, the whole nine, and then the crazy transfer portal yeah dude deal that's what? been going on today okay so I'm, I'm so glad you said that we're, we're all over the place on this podcast we, we have a lot to talk about tennessee is playing clemson in the orange bowl i'm trying to find the new year's six bowl match that's just we we them really quickly we backed up it's second and 15 at the yeah moment. it is we're, yes. we're, 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 we're behind you. the sticks thank you so much uh clemson against tennessee number seven versus number six in the orange bowl that should be a pretty good matchup yeah. kate klubnik is going to be leading Clemson. DJ Uyunglele is in the transfer portal. We'll get to that in just a second. The Sugar Bowl, number nine, Kansas against number five, Alabama, your typical Big 12 SEC matchup. But this game is at noon. It's at noon on New Year's Eve, which is crazy to me. The Sugar Bowl is always like the 9 p.m. game that lasts seven and a half hours. It's always so long. So Kansas State and Alabama are at noon. That's the other New Year's Six game. And then where are the others? The Rose Bowl is Utah against Penn State. The Cotton Bowl is Tulane against Southern Cal, I believe. Um, And then the last one is, that's it. That's the New Year's Six Bowls, two college football playoff games. Yeah, USC playing Tulane. Is, is, um, uh, Is Caleb Williams draft eligible this year? Or is he one more year? I don't know. I don't know the answer. We'll, to that. we'll come back. We'll look up that. We'll look that back up. Um, transfer finish. portal, though. Tran- no, go to the transfer portal. I need your thoughts. As of this morning, today was the first day, Monday, that you could be eligible officially to be in the transfer portal. I saw a tweet that said at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time, there was over seven hundred players oh, in goodness. the transfer portal. Jake, some guys are in it for like the third time in three years. Just what are your top-level thoughts of what the hell is going on? Because to me, the transfer portal is far more chaotic and far more disruptive than what NIL could ever be to college football. Now, is NIL possibly gasoline that could turn the transfer portal fire into an extreme, you know, arson attack? Yes, of course. But, Jake, this is nuts, brother. Dude, uh, yeah, this is crazy. I mean, they even have – 247 Sports has their own section for 2023 college football transfer portal on their website because that's how crazy uh, it is. And uh, I mean, this is just mind boggling. Uh, they're going to have to have a separate recruiting staff. Yes. Now, just for the transfer portal. You know, your boy Rusty Manziel, he tweeted something out today that said how um, unfortunate this is for high school recruits because yeah. early signing periods, like in 10 days. Yeah. And all these colleges now are putting every high school recruit on standby 
to try to jockey for some of these premier transfer portal candidates. When you were in school, was the transfer portal even a thing? Had this really started yet? Or was this after COVID? I'm trying to... I I don't... It didn't have that effect on the recruiting that it's going to have now for the high school, uh, so to speak. Because you'll see guys on this early signing period uh, who will get their scholarships revoked. Absolutely. Pulled away. And they'll be like, ah, hey, I was going to declare uh, now, but I'm going to have to push it off to later and figure some things out because I was going to go to place A. Uh, They got player A, B, and then now I can't go there anymore. So uh, it's it's definitely going to have its effect on some high school kids, and it's going to suck a little bit. You know, to me, and maybe this is just me showing my age. I mean, I'm a dad of three now, so I think about things in a different light, but the first thing I thought that I saw one guy, I mean, Austin Stogner, we'll just bring him up. He was the, you know, big time tight end from Oklahoma that transferred to South Carolina with Spencer Rattler. Now he's transferring again. He's leaving South Carolina. He hadn't even been there for a year. I thought to myself, how do you even do the schoolwork? Like where, where does school even fit in? Moving sucks. You and I know that like moving is <laughs> yeah. just the shittiest thing you could ever do. <laughs> Think about when you're in college uh, you're trying to get your credits. You're trying to just like make way to hopefully did it get oh, a degree. Yeah. Like it's not just go to another school and pick up where you left off. There are a lot of hoops and ladders. Does this even matter anymore? Like I thought to myself, are these kids even getting degrees? This is craziness. I yeah. don't want to sound like an old man, but I mean, my God, dude. It's all about ball. Hey, I got a list here of just I'm gonna just thought some notable names, uh, mostly QBs, but um uh, Zach Calzada at Auburn in the yeah. portal. Keaton Slovis in the portal. He just Devin Leary. Yeah, Devin Leary at NC State. Uh, he's a baller. He's in the portal. Where's Obviously, he going to go? I don't know. I think he, I guess, wants to go somewhere bigger, maybe Florida. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. uh, Anthony Richardson declared uh, today. DJU, right. obviously. Um, uh, backup North Carolina quarterback, Jacoby Criswell. Hayne King at AM and then Drew Pine at Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, Cade Drew McNamara. Pine started the Cade, entire season. I know. Cade McNamara at Michigan. Cade McNamara's going to, going to Iowa. I thought that's yep. a good pickup for Iowa. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Uh, backup Texas quarterback, Hudson Card. Yep. Dude, I mean, Dude, this. Those are is, just the quarterbacks. These are just quarterbacks, guys. I mean, they're, they're mixing in a, a ton of receivers. So on three, on three, add on three sports uh, one hour ago said over 1000 players have now entered the NCAA transfer portal for 2023 in one day. Talking about the starting quarterback from Notre Dame said, nope, I'm out. It's yeah. Just take those two guys, Drew Pine at Notre Dame and then uh, Devin Leary at NC state. Who was like a Heisman contender to begin the season. Yes. Lots of success. And just says, you know what? Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Dude, if I've learned one thing in 33 years of life, it's that <laughs> the grass is not always greener. And I can promise <laughs> you that. Um, I, I, you know, I understand it like trying to think of when you have kids in that situation, when the opportunity is there, right? Like, hey, I can transfer, whether it's a new coaching staff, whether it's uh, I'm not going to play here anymore. Maybe it's I just need so, a fresh start. You know, you as a parent would want to say, hey, I'm behind you. Like, go. I I support you 100%. But there's also, you know, there's that there's that party that just wants to tell your kid or just to tell anybody, man, just see it through. Like, get your degree, then transfer. 
when we yeah. were in school, 2007 to 2011, like if you wanted to transfer, it was either A, you're going to have to sit out a year, mm-hmm. B, you're going to have to go to JUCO, play, and then be eligible after that year, or C, graduate, right? Get your undergraduate degree, and then you would have to transfer to a school that did not offer the graduate program that your current school was offering to be immediately eligible. Like those were your three options. So things have changed. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. um, but Jake, would you agree? Like there's one side that says, yes, of course, this is your opportunity to go do it. But there's another side that says, man, you know, in 10, 15 years, you might regret this decision. I mean, 100%, there's a a one hand this, a one hand that. I will say uh, on the flip side of things, the way, why I would advocate, advocate, for the kids being able to do this is because the coaches can do this. Yes, 100%. Uh, take, uh, for example, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. They are uh, arguably about to be in the college football playoff. Obviously, they missed it, but uh, he just ups and goes and takes the LSU job for millions and millions of dollars, and there's there's no – he don't have to sit out a year or do this or do that. And so if these these coaches can do that, uh, and just pry to get kids and recruit kids to, to be at a place and then up and leave in two seconds. Uh, that's the only reason why on the flip side of things, why I would advocate for the kids being able to do this as well. Yeah, that's great perspective. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about that in the middle of my rant, but yes, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, Brian Kelly up and left Notre Dame in the middle of the night when they were still eligible to make the college football yeah. playoff and he went and got a bag. So kids, yeah. of course, I'm just saying maybe, Give it a little bit more thought. I'm not saying they're willy-nilly with their decisions, but just give it a little bit more thought. Over yep. 1,000 players in the transfer portal after not even one day. You'd have to think names like Lincoln Riley, Lane Kiffin, and a certain Dion Sanders are licking mm-hmm. their chops. We'll get to Dion. We'll go to Dion right now. All right, let's let's move on to, to – we'll, we'll, there's a penalty on the defense. We're going to move up. It's second and five now. Okay. I like it. I like it. Deion Sanders gets named the Colorado head coach. It was kind of expected early Saturday. Jackson State wins the SWAC title. They win their conference championship. And he gets announced Sunday as the next head football coach at the University of Colorado. Colorado, a traditional powerhouse in college football, formerly of the Big 12. They've kind of lost a lot of luster since they've moved to the Pac-12. They were one and eleven this year, and hmm. Dion takes over. Um, initial thoughts, then we'll get into some of the things that happened yesterday. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each. These bonds earn a fixed seven percent APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. 
I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Yeah, uh, I saw a video of him. Uh, was, apparently, this was from yeah, a couple weeks ago, maybe, when he was talking to his team about why he was going to take the job talking to his Jackson state guys. Oh, cool. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. And he was uh, basically saying, uh, I want to be a a coach at the next level. Uh, And when it comes to coaching, uh, two things happen to coaches, you either get elevated or you get terminated. They don't, (laughs) they don't have a grave site uh, for you. When you're a coach, you you stay there until you die. That ain't how it goes. You get elevated, you get terminated. So I think he wants to be a big time coach somewhere. And for him, uh, to get that opportunity, he needed to take that intermediate step, and this was it. Uh, and we'll see what he's made of. I think he'll have some success uh, for sure, but will he be able to turn that into a powerhouse as quickly maybe? I don't know, but uh, I think he's going to recruit hard. I think yeah. the, the the kids are going to gravitate towards him. Uh, I just think he needs to put together a really good staff, um, and for him just to, to be a, a motivator, be a recruiter, um, not that he can't do the X's and O's because he yeah. can. He's, he's he's played a bunch of NFL football, but that sometimes that's, when the head coach wants to be so involved in in that, sometimes it could it could be a little overwhelming. But uh, excited for him and his opportunity. No, no, no doubt. You're you're spot on. Um, and a video came out yesterday of him addressing the Colorado team as the new head coach, being announced as the new head coach of the Buffaloes. And it was interesting because he brought his own camera crew into the. <laughs> locker room oh, or the, the team meeting room Dion oh. walks in prime with cameras and they release the video like on social media which to me I go that's pretty interesting the team meeting room and the locker room Jake as you very well know are places where cameras are not allowed that's what yep. stays in there that's the communication that's between the coach and the players and Dion goes on a rant, which of course was motivational and I think very descriptive, very telling, however you want to state that. But then they just throw it up on social media. And I thought to myself, hmm, that's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know how I would think about that if I was a player. I'd be like, hey, I thought this was between the coaches and the players. I understand we suck. I understand we need a <laughs> revamp of our culture. We need to kind of reevaluate where we are as a football team. But his message was correct, essentially saying, you guys, are stuck in the mindset of not being good. And that stops now. Um, And he was saying how he turned that around at Jackson state, right? Like Jackson state was a nothing program in the HBCU. These kids didn't believe they could do anything. He stepped in there and they started making it happen. They got big time recruits college game. day went down there. They won a conference championship. They are undefeated this year. Can you do that at Colorado? It starts with a mindset. It starts with certain protocols, starts with talent. He said, hey, if you don't fit the mold of what I'm describing, essentially go get in the portal, 
because he said, quote, I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louis, talking about Louis Vuitton. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, rub guys the wrong way, the right way. Honestly, who cares at that point? Deion Sanders is going to do his own thing at Colorado. Yeah, I like what you said. Uh, who cares? Uh, he's going to go and do his thing, and his thing uh, has has proven it works. Uh, and so I think this this whole thing he's got going there, I, I, I think the angle – there's going to be a lot of production with the cameras and uh, morale and, and the feel around it. Cause he's got to change the culture there. Uh, that's going to be part of his style of changing the culture there. It's prime. I mean, it's a show, yeah. right? I mean, he, he, he is the show. So that's going to be kind of be part of him uh, and that culture there. And he's got to bring the right guys in uh, to be able to deal with that. Uh, and he also has to bring the right guys in who can play football too. So uh, it proven from this past year, the PAC 12, might be here to compete yeah. uh, uh, in a college football playoff spot. They were so close this year, and uh, I think they'll be good uh, coming up here in the next couple of years, and he's got to find a way to compete in that conference. I can't imagine how many inquiries they got today with the transfer portal opening up. Hey, I want to come. Hey, do you have a spot? Hey, I, I want to play for Coach Prime. And when you listen to that team meeting, I mean, he's talking about no hoodies in the team meeting. No hats in the team meeting room. We're all going to wear the same thing. I remember sometimes that would be so annoying and it would just piss you off. Why does this matter? It doesn't matter. This is so stupid. But you know what? When you're changing the culture, which Dion desperately needs to do at Colorado, those things add up. Um, oh, it, it, it seems like he's going to be getting that buy in immediately. Oh, yeah. It, it matters to me. You, you have a structure, you have a discipline. Uh, you set the expectations on day one, what you can, what you can't do. Um, and that, and that's, that's the way uh, these young men, they need that. They need that yep. structure to know what they can and they can't do. Um, and, and so I, I'm all about it. I, I think it's great. And um, I mean, some of the things aren't, aren't far-fetched. I mean, it's, it's pretty standard stuff uh, that I was at Georgia with. We, Kirby, we couldn't uh, have hats on the building. That was a big thing. Big hat In the guy. building? Couldn't have hats on the building. Really? Is that still a rule? Uh, as far yeah, to my knowledge, yeah. Wow. So you cannot have hats on inside Butts Mirror. Uh, when I was a player, yes. Wow, sir. I didn't uh, know that. That's that's good intel. That that was it. So I was just just part of the deal. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It's just one of the things. And so it's it's pretty standard stuff, and uh, it's just about respect, and you gotta get respect, guys. Absolutely. I mean, yes, yes, I I totally totally agree. So. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing another podcast later on this week. We'll start to see, guarantee, very quickly, big-time recruits, big-time transfers heading to Colorado to play for Dion. All right, I'm keeping you late tonight. I know you got to study. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, Let's break down the SEC championship game real quick. Georgia wins. They beat LSU 50-30. to I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card for final score of this football game. They cover the 17.5 point spread. They win the SEC championship. They finished the season undefeated at 13 and 0 Stetson Bennett with a first half for the ages. I think he was like 19 to 24 for touchdowns. Um, he was on fire. Georgia's defense to Chris Smith play. Tell me what your thoughts are, Jake. My favorite play of the game is not even really the play, but it was the call from the head coach to go four, two. Okay. I loved it. Was uh, that to get the 50 points specifically? What's the what's the reasoning behind going for two right there? Honestly, 
from the outside looking in. Brian Kelly, they went for two. I mean, they were down by a bunch of scores. It, it didn't really – yes, at some point they, they may have had to, with the way the points were, to go for two at some point. Uh, but it wasn't then in that moment. They could have kind of kicked that can down the road. But instead, Brian Kelly and them went for two. They didn't get it. I think it kind of rubbed old uh, Coach Smart off. So <laughs> right. <okay. laughs> I think it rubbed him the wrong way. Uh, and so I think it was just kind of a, a stick it to you. Kind of, all right, wise guy, you want to do that? We can play yeah. two, two can play at that game and run the Philly special, get that. And apparently AD hadn't even repped it uh at all during the week or ever so uh love that uh, i think that was just 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 good stuff watching the game yeah this game um got out of hand quickly georgia yep. in the first half amassed a gigantic lead and yep. the first touchdown was to lsu lsu oh, excuse me to georgia georgia blocks an lsu field goal yep. the ball moves past the line of scrimmage Folks, that is a live football. Okay. Live football. This is a field goal. It's not an extra point, even though in college, an extra point that's still on the ground in the field of play is a live ball. But the only time it is dead is if nobody gets around it and a referee blows his whistle. That field goal was blocked. This is day one stuff, people. I'm just telling you right now, day one stuff of special teams. And LSU's team just runs off the field. Okay. Yeah. Now, they showed Coach Munkin up in the booth, get away from it, get away from it, get away from it. Now, there is a reason as to why you would want to get away from it if LSU is moving towards the football, okay? Correct. Here's why. If Chris Smith were to have picked up that ball contested with LSU players around him, Georgia gains possession, LSU can swat it out of his hands, fumble, LSU gets back on the ball, it's first down LSU. That is the reasoning why people say, get away from it, get away from it. When Chris went around the ball, that ball's live. Refs can't just blow it dead if he's sitting there about to make a play on the football. He then sees LSU's entire team. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Run off the field. He goes, here's my chance, scoop and score, 96-yard touchdown. Great heads-up play by Chris Smith. Great heads-up play by George's special teams unit on the field to stay in the fight. No whistle. This ball is live and completely boneheaded play by LSU. I do not know what they were thinking, but it cost them seven points. And from right then, folks, the route was on. Then the the heads-up play, the interception off the small Munden uh, pick, mm -hmm. that was unbelievable. But, Jake, this is stuff where if you're prepared, if you focus on the little things – if you pay attention to the details in all three phases, man, you can find points in big-time situations, and there's no bigger than an SEC championship. Oh, that was a huge play by Chris Smith, and he will get drafted slash drafted higher because of that play. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, NFL coaches love that. Football IQ, um, and that was just a, a complete heads-up play. Turned kind of the wheels, got the wheels going uh, for the dogs, and kind of really from there, the rest is history. Uh, I will give a shout out uh, to backup quarterback for LSU, Garrett Nussmeyer, who came Slinging in it. dealing, ripping it, spinning it. Uh, like his second completion was an 80 yard post route uh, and then ends up throwing a whole shot uh, in the cover two down the sideline uh, for a touchdown. So 
he he was out there and said, I, I, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go out here and rip this thing. And uh, the receiver number seven, uh, Butte. Yeah, Keishon Butte. Yeah, man, he was he was balling too. So he was uh he was giving our DB some fits, and just just glad we had Jalen Carter to uh, cause some disruption there for for the QBs there. That dude is a badass, Jalen Carter. Keishon Butte did have a good game, probably his best game of the entire season. Now keep in mind, Georgia got up to a forty-two to seventeen lead mm. in the third quarter, but everybody's a little bit worried for good reason. The defense allowed 502 passing yards. Georgia's defense did. LSU did score 30 points. And now you're matched up against Ohio State, who has an elite passing attack. Jackson Smith and Jigba, their top wide receiver, he announced today he's going to the draft, so he will not be playing in the Peach Bowl. But C.J. Stroud is a gunslinger. Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. is an absolute stud at receiver. Uboka uh, is a stud as well. They can beat you a lot of ways. I think... Ohio State's probably licking their chops saying this is pretty interesting matchup for them. Any reason to be a little bit worried as Georgia's passing defense showed some vulnerabilities before their tilt against Ohio State? Yeah, look, I, I'm not uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I feel super comfortable uh, after giving 502 yards of passing. Uh, now, I can't tell you the last time anyone has given up 502 passing yards in a conference championship and won by 20 points. Yeah, yeah. Neither <laughs> could I. Probably hasn't happened. Probably has never happened before, which is absolutely insane. So uh, I know Kirby's going to be flipping out the next couple of weeks of, of getting those guys right, having a good plan, executing on that plan. Uh, and I think it comes down to the offense of, of one, they they executed well, had a fantastic plan. Muckin called a great game, uh, but they cannot turn the ball over to yeah. Ohio State. Can't do it. No, they can't because Ohio State has the offense, much like Tennessee. I think it's very yeah. fair to compare those two teams as yep. far as offensive attack. Tennessee probably a bit more up-tempo. Ohio State, they like to see their offensive plays develop a little bit more. They mm-hmm. sling it way down the field. But you're right. I mean, there is a reason why LSU had success in the pass game. Um, and one person that got picked on, and he was catching some heat on social media throughout the game, was Keeley Ringo. Um, and you've seen quarterbacks kind of go after Keeley. But here's what I would say, and tell me if I'm wrong, because this is my breakdown as a quote-unquote analyst, but more so just a fan. Keeley is a big-body, physical, long corner. Put him in man let him lock up at the line of scrimmage and then run. And hopefully he's covering so well, quarterbacks aren't going to throw it over there. But in tight situations like goal line, or maybe even some breakdown situations, Keeley probably be the first one to tell you, he's not a fast switch guy, right? Like he's not a guy that can make up a ton of ground in short amount of field. So I think he sort of gets exposed in moments where he's got to look around quick and make a play on the ball. Um, or it is that quick fade at the goal line and the receiver's going to jump over and try to make a play. They're going after him. I certainly don't think like he's the cheese out there, but I think he's getting a lot of, I don't know, um, people are questioning him when I just don't necessarily think that's warranted right now. Yeah, I, I like your assessment there. And and obviously Keeley is their guy, right? So they're going to yeah. put Keeley in the worst possible situations because they think that we're going to win that matchup more times than we're going to lose that matchup. So 
you know, poor Keeley now, he gets put in the worst possible situations uh, in that defense. And uh, a lot of it is man-to-man stuff. And uh, to me, his best is going to be, I'm going to press you up uh, man-to-man and I'm not going to let you, uh, you know, get, get out of my jam, out of my, my press, my initial uh, get off there. And I'm going to stay with you on your hip and there's nothing you can do about it. Now space probably is not his friend. uh, Like you mentioned, uh, space isn't good. And uh, I I think maybe Keely moving forward. I I think he, I mean, Keely's a a big, big guy. He's huge. Huge. All right. Looks like a linebacker. When when I first met Keely, Keely's getting stretched out in the weight room. I walked by, really wasn't paying attention a whole lot. And I've never met Keely before. never seen him on the hook before. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just a new linebacker commit. Uh, No big deal. And then I start looking. I'm like, dude, that is Keely Ringo. Unbelievable. And I I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, Keely, what's up, man? I'm Jake. You are so much bigger than I thought you were. You're huge. Dude, his neck is the size of my quad. Um, (laughs) I met him a couple weeks after the national championship game up at the Hilltop Grill in Athens. You know, I had seen him on TV a million times. A week and a half prior, watched him run back that touchdown against Alabama, the interception. I saw him and like literally I'm shaking his hand. I'm like taking it back. I'm going, holy shit, this dude's six foot two, like over 200 pounds. His arms hang down past his knees. Like he is massive. So when you see him, you're sitting there going, you're 100. You, you, you just said it best. They put him in the worst possible situations, knowing if he gives up a play, he's got the mentality to go, okay, on to the next, knowing that oftentimes like 80%, 85% of the time he's going to make that play. So I just don't think it's warranted for people to be like, Keeley's having a shitty day. He sucks. They're going after him. It's like, guys, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. So I don't know. Maybe that's just my perspective on the game, but I love hearing you say that because you're right. Like, you know exactly what these situations are. So I, I appreciate that insight for sure. Yep. I mean, look, he, he didn't have a phenomenal day. Now I'm not going to go to say he played great because he, he didn't. Uh, there were, there were some, some things where he, he should have been on the hit more kind of got caught in between uh, the top of routes, but uh, I'm going to defend him because I know how talented he is. And I think if, uh, you know, you kind of watch the tape and be like, man, it, it kind of put him in a bad spot here. And uh, the the quarterback had a little extra time than he should have. And, and it's just kind of par, par for the course. It's football. Any, any corner is not going to be a great yes. corner yes. when the rush isn't getting to the quarterback. You're a hundred. I've been saying this a lot. You're on fire today. You are correct. So give me what I got, man. Love that. Love that. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Um, I went four and one championship weekend against the spread. No big deal. I think I finished the season 27 and 33. So hmm, not my best. Georgia wins the SEC championship. Utah smacks Southern Cal wins the Pac-12 title, kicks out the Trojans from the college football playoff. We talked about Kansas State beating TCU in overtime. 31 to 28. Michigan pulls away. That was the only game I lost. They scored late to cover that 17. Purdue put up a fight, but just ran out of they gas did. late. Yep. They won 43 to 22. And then Clemson, 39 to 10. They turned it on, pulled DJU way early. His first Wait. throw of the game. Did you watch that? I did not see it. No, I, I, we, we were in meetings that yeah. night. Uh, and I know he started the game because I'd seen the press. Debo's like, oh, I'm committed to him. I love him. He's going to start, yada, yada. Uh, and then it's like five, six, eight minutes left in the first quarter. And 
<laughs> he's not in there anymore. I'm like, where, where did he go? Go look at stats. He played. He was like two for five or something. And dude. Like 11 yards. Dude, his first throw was like a quick out, maybe even across the, across the field quick out. And Sean McDonough, who's our buddy, was on the call. And Sean McDonough goes, DJU for his first throw, and it's a slider low and away. I mean, it was nowhere even. <laughs> no, he did. He did not oh, yeah. That. I mean, the receiver <laughs> turned around. And the ball skipped off the ground like six yards for him and went into the sideline, the Clemson bench. I was like, oh. what is going on? And then his next throw was an out route on the right side, and he airmailed it, and you're like, what is happening? Boom, they pull him. Kate Klubnik goes in, balls out. Clemson balls defense out. steps up big. They win the ACC. You said it last week. That's what they do. Lay the seven and a half. There was no problems there. And now DJU is in the portal. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see what I, happens there. I got to hit this because it's it's part of it. It's part of playing quarterback. Uh, DJU, very talented uh, player. He can make all the throws. He can do all the things you want him to do. Uh, but there's just something to be said about being able to play with confidence. Right now, he's not confident uh, in, in himself and the scheme of what's going on. Um, and in retrospect, Stetson, uh, take Stetson, you know, maybe not quite as big and throw it as far, can do all the things DJU can, but right now he's playing with so much confidence uh, in himself and the scheme, the guys around him. Uh, so it just as a quarterback, man, when you can go out and you are confident, man, you can accomplish the world. It, it is so just simple and maybe silly to say, I don't care. Uh, but man, when I am confident, you there's you can't you can't stop me. That might be the most true thing you've said throughout the entire season. It, it is so true, and it's not just for quarterback. It's for kickers. It's for punters. It's for wide receivers. It's for pitchers in baseball. It's for golfers. Okay, the most powerful muscle in the body is the six inches in between your two ears. It is your brain, people. That mindset of which Stetson Bennett is in full flow mode with right now is the reason why the guy who everybody loves to hate embraces that and goes out there and just throws touchdowns and wins football games. And still every single great Stetson stat that I find, I retweet it and I put hashtag not a Q, not a good QB on it because people still love to hate on this guy. I had somebody on Twitter yesterday, Jake, tell me, well, if you put Stetson on a team with a bad O line and poor wide receivers, he'd be trash. I go, <laughs> Dude, that's a great argument. What the <laughs> hell are we even talking about? I go, that's the dumbest. I love letting Stetson haters try to prove their point because they just make themselves look like idiots. It is hilarious. That spin zone spins them right into idiocy, which I think is just phenomenal. But what you just said, the ability to have that confidence to play fast and play free and have fun there's nothing better. Like that is what it's all about. You have felt it at the highest of high levels. Um, and you've had to work your way back from not feeling it. So there are, are ways to get out of it. DJU obviously looking to get a fresh start to get back to playing with that type of confidence, but buddy, um, yeah, that was impressive of what you just said. Cause I could not agree more. I could not agree more. You are 100% correct. Last thing I'll say on it, uh, the cause and effect relationship when you as a quarterback play with confidence, uh, you just exude confidence. The guys around you feel, feel it. They feed off of it. Um, and it just it, it just gives the whole team just a, a feel 
uh, a good vibe to go off of. And you just take Clemson, for example, man. Uh, Cade Clubnick goes in, and immediately they get the ball rolling. He's balling. And 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 not that Jaden Daniels was playing bad, but when you have your backup Garrett Nussmeyer go in, and, you, man, look at him. He was throwing with a lot of confidence. Yeah. Guys feeling that. And, and, and they, they were battling. Uh, they didn't just give it away and tuck their tails and run. I mean, they were battling until the end. So um, that's all I got to say on that. Appreciate it. Th- thanks, awesome. thanks, thanks for giving me the mic on that. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, man, no, you, you, you've you earned that right. Um, and you, there's nobody better to speak on that than my man, Jake Fromm. Tons to talk about. I think I took up almost an hour of your time. Uh, I could talk to you for another whole hour about it, but I won't do that to you. You're still in school. It's finals week at Georgia. <laughs> uh, so good luck with finals week. It's also the bye week. So that is fantastic. We will be dialing up another episode of Punt and Pass later on this week. Not sure about the date yet. Obviously, there's no games this weekend, but Heisman Trophy finalist uh, ceremony is this weekend. The College Football Award Show is Thursday night as well. Um, so that's what is going on. Anything on the way out, Jake? No, man. I just uh, really got to pass this business 4,000 final on Thursday. Please. Throw some prayers up for me because yes. I need it. I will be studying my tail off all day tomorrow, all day Wednesday. Uh, and I will actually be back in the great state of Georgia uh, this weekend. So Love it. Jake from back in the great state of Georgia this weekend after passing Business 4000 at the University of Georgia. Send him some uh, well wishes at Jake from on Twitter and I, from Jake on Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. We are at punt and pass punt and pass.com. A huge shout out to our presenting sponsor of this episode. None other than Solomon brothers jewelers. Check them out on social media at Solomon brothers on Twitter and Instagram Solomon They are the best. They've got the biggest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast Two amazing locations it is the holiday season after all. People make your significant other happy. One store in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other, 17th floor tower place in Buckhead. If you go in and tell them that Punt and Pass sent you or that Drew or Jake sent you, you get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Stay tuned. We're going to announce our winners from the Solomon Brothers $1,000 gift card giveaway on our social media pages. I think they might have something else coming up in the month of December as well. So check them out at Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com. Head on into one of their amazing stores and make this holiday season one of the best ever. Jake, I appreciate you, my man. Good luck on that final, sir. And we will talk to you on Thursday or Friday. We'll see. See ya. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest 
largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 